Uh, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 673 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique standpoint, this unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you, Holy Father God, and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And I praise you and I thank you for preserving us to this day and uh, for allowing us to live to see this day. And Lord, help us not to think that we're better than others who have passed on, for we're not. We have just been blessed by you and your mercy and your grace. For young men are dying half my age and even younger. So are young women, children. Uh, but Lord, I thank you for allowing us to be blessed to uh, remain in the land of the living, to be of service to your kingdom and to you, our King. And help me and my family not to uh, take that for granted or to take that lightly. For, uh, Lord, I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine a family, as I have told my family many times, more blessed than we have been, more privileged and used than we have been. And so I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you for the millions, the many and the manifold blessings that you bestowed upon me and my family and upon the other people who are living in this audience, in this country and around the globe. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. 
And uh, Lord, I thank you for each and every one. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, on this Wednesday night, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to see 500 Wednesday nights in this series, Praying Through the Bible. I give you all of the glory, the praise, and the honor. I thank you for all of my children who have helped me uh, to uh, do this series. I thank you especially for Daniel White IV, who helped me in the beginning, and Daniel Ezekiel White, my youngest son, who took over around halfway and uh, has helped uh, in the ministry uh, tremendously. <clears throat> I thank you, Lord, for my daughters as well. Sometimes they had to help me with the sermons and look up things for me. Down through the years, <clears throat> Uh, in this series. And I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And Holy Father God, uh, Lord, I didn't finish this series within a series tonight. And so, Lord, we, if you tarry your coming, and if you would allow me to live, by your grace, we will continue this series on next Wednesday night and go deeper. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for those of us who are saved in my family and in this audience tonight and in this country and around the globe, uh, have mercy and grace upon us. Help us not to get the big head. Help us not to get puffed up. Help us not to uh, think of ourselves uh, above what we ought to think of ourselves. But Lord, for Jesus Christ's sake, to be humble and to ask you to forgive us of our sins, our failures, our faults. As we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. Fill us all who are saved with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And, uh, Lord, deliver each and every one of us who are saved from temptation, evil, and sin, even tonight. Crucify our flesh and the old man within us and fill us with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard at our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. I also pray that for those of us who are saved in my family, in this audience, in the country, and around the globe, for Lord, you have shown me, and we all know that everybody in the church is not saved. From your holy word, we know that. 
And Lord, I pray that you will help those of us who are saved to humble ourselves tonight, to pray, to seek your face, and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you, our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost, including my wife, Marika White, uh, who by her lack of fruits and bad fruits, uh, Lord, as her only pastor and her only boss for all of these years, over 34 years, I believe that she's not saved and I'm concerned about her eternal soul. And I pray for her salvation. I pray that she would humble herself and uh, pray. Uh, she's already under my leadership, has done something that no one in her family has done, and that is to stay married for 34 years. And uh, over 34 years now, almost 35 years in a few days, by your grace and by the power of your leading me and to lead her. And so, Lord, I pray that as I told her today, uh, that she will uh, humble herself and get saved and dump her pharaohistic pride, which is very dangerous, dump her Jamaican pride, which is doubly very dangerous, and truly uh, believe in you and pray and ask you to save her soul. I pray that, Lord, for her mother, her aunts, her siblings. I pray that, Lord, for my mother and my siblings, for we have a family full of people, as I was, religious, church-going, thinking that we're saved but lost, and on their way to a devil's hell. And I do not want to see that, but I do know the Pharaoh-style pride that causes them to know that they're in sin and know that they're not saved, but will, to save face, not admit it. And that part needs to happen as well for genuine salvation to take place. For we have to be lost before we get saved. Religion cannot save us. And so, Lord, I pray for their salvation, and I thank you for the liberty to pray for them publicly. I know it makes some people feel uncomfortable, but um, we're living in a time where we can't be concerned about that. People are dying and going to hell thinking that they're saved. And, Lord, I pray, not only in my family, but in the lives of family members who are listening to me live around the world, people uh, who are in this country and around the globe. And Lord, if the problems in our family uh, can be, we can be transparent about, or at least I can be transparent about by your grace, will help other people to realize their situation and their, the danger that they're in, then Lord, I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. I also pray for the salvation of the lost in this audience. Uh, in their families, in this country and around the globe, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning. 
and Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ also, uh, as has been the case today and even tonight. Uh, my wife is demon-possessed, demon-controlled, and she has no defenses, and it gets worse as she gets older. I know this is shocking to our sweet evangelical, sweet charismatic, and even sweet Baptist audience, but they know it can be true, and they know it is true. And, uh, and as I told her today, uh, that she is demon-possessed, demon-controlled, and therefore is constantly trying to hinder uh, your work. You've seen it with your own eyes. All of my children uh, that I had with my wife, all seven of them have seen it with their own eyes. Even though their in-laws are trying to change their minds about what took place, and trying to brainwash them, uh, which is uh, demonic. And uh, uh, I pray in itself. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I sincerely pray. As you know, Lord, I pray. I have I have prayed about this for over thirty-four years. <clears throat> Going on thirty-five years. For it is inexplicable otherwise, her behavior. And I thank you for showing me that I am not dealing with flesh and blood as I told her today to her face. I'm not mad at you. Uh, and that uh, I know what is behind this. And, uh, and I told her I love her. But she is demon possessed and demon controlled. And she has no defenses against it. And I even told her, as just a mere human being, you have given her common sense. You have given her instincts. You have given her um, a conscience. Use what, what you do have, even as a lost person, to behave yourself and, and stop trying to hinder God's work because it, that's not good for you. And Lord, as you know, I told her that today. And so I pray this way, and I thank you for giving me the liberty to do so. Uh, as you know, it's not designed to embarrass her. Uh, but I've been praying for behind the years, uh, behind the scenes all of these years. And you have given me liberty to pray about it now in hopes that it would help other people. Because you've shown me years ago now that there are many people in the church. The reason why we're in the mess we're in is because there are many people in the church who say they're saved and who think they're saved are lost. They have never been born again. As uh, I have told my wife privately, when you're not convicted about your sins and you're not convicted to the point of confessing your sins and being obedient and that uh, your sins don't hurt you enough to to convict you to change your ways and uh, God is not chastising you for your sins that means that you're a bastard you're not a child of God 
and uh, uh, and if you're not after 34 years, in her case, thinking that she had been saved for 40 something years, uh, uh, you're not, and you and you never get to the point of learning obedience, like all born again people do. There's something wrong. So I do pray uh, openly that you would open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears. Other people in our family on both sides, you would open their eyes. And I told her I was not only dealing with her about it and her family, but my own family, my own mother and my two sisters. For the for Lord, if they were saved, they would not be calling themselves an apostle in my mother's case, a bishop in my sister's case. My little sister has a legitimate title as a prophetess, if she is that. Um, and so, um, but if they, they're self-proclaimed, and all three of them are ruling over men in the church and ruling over their own husbands, if they're not convicted about that, there's something wrong somewhere, uh, evidently in the salvation department. So, Lord God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that, uh, and, and by them, my daughters and sons being influenced by both sides, uh, they can get their lives messed up following their bad examples and bad advice. And I pray that you will continue to protect them from that and from all other evil uh, inside the family and outside of the family. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray for the comfort of those who are grieving and mourning in this country and around the globe in the thousands and yea, in the millions. And I pray uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for those of us who are saved tonight, lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears from our feeble hearts, and fill us tonight with your peace that pass of all understanding, and your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind in this topsy-turvy world in which we live. <clears throat> For none of us can handle all of this without you. And so help us to pray without ceasing, to pray always, to continue instant in prayer, and to remember your word and your precept. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. And Holy Father God, I thank you, Lord, for reminding us once again tonight in the 500th message in the Praying Through the Bible series that we can rejoice, we can glory in, and we can even take pleasure in our infirmities, tribulations, persecutions. Uh, we can joy in them and be thankful to you that we're counted worthy to go through these things. Uh, but at the same time, Lord, you have given us the liberty uh, to pray that those things that you are willing to remove, we pray that you would. Deliver us, Lord, therefore, 
from distresses and afflictions, cares and worries and anxieties, troubles, difficulties, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations and tests, persecutions and reproaches and infirmities. And Lord, we pray that you deliver us from all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems for all of my children who are even in this day and time trying their best to get through and to finish what they started. And Lord, we, we are well on our way. And Lord, it has done wonders in their lives. Uh, the education that they have received and worked so hard to get. And uh, it has done wonders. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for how that the older uh, children who have graduated with bachelor's and master's degrees have passed their education and knowledge on down while the others are doing it as well. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you will, uh, uh, well, first I want to thank you for remembering mercy and grace and love in the midst of chastising us in the church and uh, rebuking us in the church, punishing us in the world to get our attention that you're on the throne and you're not going to tolerate evil and foolishness and sin like we have done in the church. But thank you, Lord, for allowing things to be as well as they are, for they could be very, very, uh, they could be very much worse than what they are. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight that you'll bless and protect us all, not only my family, but the families gathered around on various platforms and outlets, and uh, Christian families in the church, uh, in the country and around the globe, especially, save those also who are lost, and protect my family, including all of my children, all of my offspring, Danny, Daniel, Danny, my daughter, Danny, the oldest daughter, with my wife, Daniel the fourth, Danita, Evangeline, Danae, Mary Louise, Daniqua Grace, Daniel Ezekiel, and Danielle Elizabeth Breedlove, uh, named after her great-grandmother, great-great-grandmother, and uh, Danielle Tequila, uh, Duran, and Quasia, and all of my offspring. I pray that you would save and bless and make sure that they're saved and help them to make sure that they're saved and that you would, and I pray for them as Job prayed for his children, and uh, yet they were destroyed. I pray, Lord, for a Abraham. I pray, uh, like Abraham, for his children as he commanded his children to follow you. And uh, thank you for leading me to do the same, but help them to understand that they can be destroyed if they turn away from you. 
and, con and, and not confess their sins and not repent. And so, Lord, therefore, I pray and I thank you and I pray, Lord, prepare us for good days and bad days. Prepare us, Lord, for uh, celebrations and tragedies. And, Lord, you've blessed us with many celebrations. I have wonderful memories. And, Lord, uh, I enjoyed the celebrations just as much as the children, if not more. And uh, I give you the glory for those wonderful memories. Uh, I remember, Lord, uh, the precious memory of every Wednesday night, Lord, for years, having spaghetti, having pizza, having popcorn, and with everything on it for years and years which we all enjoyed and look forward to. Always, you blessed us with that. It was a miracle, oftentimes, that we were able to have that. And there were, sometimes we had to buy the spaghetti, the spaghetti sauce in the can to make it work. And Lord, I give you glory, praise, and honor. And then, Lord, all of the Sunday celebration dinners we had, and Lord, you never failed us. We always had a fabulous Sunday celebration dinner after church. Always. You provided. I don't I can't even I don't even know how you did it. But you worked a divine miracle every Sunday. Uh, as I have been preaching by faith for many years, and you provided a Sunday dinner, a wonderful Sunday dinner. Uh, every Sunday after church. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor. And I thank you, Lord, for my oldest daughters cooking those wonderful meals so many times, Danny and Anita. And uh, I give you the glory, praise, and honor, Lord, for the precious memories that I live on each and every day that you have floating through my mind every day. Lord, I pray that you'll give this gift to every father and every mother who uh, do their job as parents of their children. And Holy Father God, because it's so real and it's so vivid, those precious memories. <clears throat> and then Holy Father God, place upon us all the whole arm of God. And Lord, prepare us, rather, rather, Lord, prepare us for also weddings and funerals, life and death. And Lord, I pray that you will lay upon us the whole arm of God, place upon us the whole arm of God tonight, and uh, uh, surround us in our various houses and abodes with your protection, a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray, help us to always give you the glory, praise, and honor and lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and give him the glory, praise, and honor as well and do unto his name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to 
read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible, at Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. We are still using a backup system. Uh, uh, hopefully, after having bought some new equipment, uh, my son Daniel Ezekiel, uh, who was here tonight, will get that uh, going so that the picture would be clearer. Uh, now, the picture may not be as clear as the uh, old camera, uh, but the sound is out of this world. And that's one of the reasons why we have not bothered him to even change it. Uh, uh, the camera picture is much better. But I'm more interested in your hearing it clearly. Uh, my wife, Marika White, told me that the sound was like 60% better. I said, well, what kind of sound did we have before? Another thing that has happened, the little buffering that some of you have experienced, uh, you, we, we don't experience that now. So I guess this is a more direct situation. Now, I'm thinking that the iPhone is, is so powerful that if my son would set that up, and as long as we can hit all of our various platforms, that picture will be just as good as this old camera because it's a newer iPhone. And I don't know how to hook it up, but he would have to do that. Uh, show us how. Show my beloved. Bear with us as we go through some tribulations. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 through 9. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. No man knoweth either love or hatred by all that is before them. All things come alike to all. There is one event to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good and to the clean and to the unclean, to him that sacrificeth, and to him that sacrificeth not. As is the good, so is the sinner, and he that sweareth as he that feareth an oath. This is an evil among all things, that are done unto the Son, that there is one event unto all. Yea, also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil and madness is in their heart. While they live, and after that they go to the dead. For the him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more a reward for the memory of them is forgotten.
Also their love and their hatred and their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Go thy way, eat thy bread with joy, and drink thy wine with a merry heart, for God now accepteth thy works. Let thy garments be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Live joyfully with the wife whom thou lovest all the days of the life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days of thy vanity, for that is thy portion in this life and in thy labor which thou takest under the sun. Glory be to God. Uh, Solomon, let me just say this as I, before I pray. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he said over and over and over again that your life is full of vanity, but the one thing that God will give you, and I, I have enjoyed this in my life thoroughly, and I believe that people who are saved and who have the wisdom of God will enjoy it too, because everything else is vanity. Enjoy your meal. I don't understand why people don't enjoy, don't look forward to a good meal and enjoy it. And uh, enjoy a good glass of wine with your meal. Yes, I'm talking to Christians. Some of you Baptist preachers who are taking all kinds of medications, you'll be better off drinking a glass of wine a dry cab, a dry uh, Merlot, with your meal only, in just one glass, you'll be all right. And you'll be healthier for it. And uh, enjoy your wife. Now Solomon said that you loveth Okay, whether you, uh, and, and, and you ought to love her, uh, you may not be in love, but love your wife and enjoy her being there with you. And uh, even though she, in, like in my case, may be a problem, at least she's not a problem when it comes down to sex. Enjoy that. And, uh, and enjoy what God has blessed you with to enjoy. That's all. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for your holy word. As you know, Lord, I normally don't make a comment uh, in uh, the reading of it uh, or even after it. But uh, this has been said at least three times so far in this book. And I believe it's very important for your people to enjoy what they can enjoy in this life. This life that is full of vanity. Your servant, the wisest man who ever lived, said, And you said, Lord Jesus Christ, in this world, be of good cheer. For I, in this life you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world.
And so, Lord, help us to enjoy what we can in this life. And then when we, as Solomon talked about tonight, when we die oh, uh, uh, from this life of vanity, we can enjoy you forever. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, and uh, evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third, the son of Daniel White Jr., who is now in heaven, I do believe. President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number. 1021 or 1021 where I simply read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary and or the Matthew Henry Commentary uh, or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. Because I believe I'm not the only one who has the Holy Ghost. And everything does not have to be original with me. And I do believe in giving people the credit due them for what I use from them. Not only because it's right. Not only because it's lawful. But because I believe more importantly it adds to what you have to say. You're not God. Everything does not originate with you. And to think that after 2,000 years, you're the only one who had a, 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 a good thought is crazy. Okay? Just, just give people the credit due them. Plus, I preach every day, sometimes twice a day. I don't have time to be trying to be original. I, I only have time to get the message out. And if I need to quote somebody and give them credit, that's what I'm going to do. Beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And so the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, the understanding of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of Almighty God. And may I say God does not play. We play, but God does not play. Jesus does not play. My strong advice to you, I urge you, 
to not think that God plays. He doesn't play. He means exactly what he says. He's very humble, and I say that advisedly. He's very meek. I say that advisedly. He takes a lot. He puts up with a lot because he's God and because he loves us. But do not get it twisted. Just because he loves you does not mean he's going to let you get away with your sin, your evil, and your dirt, and your filth, and your wickedness, and your whoredom, and your whoremongering around, and any other sins that we commit. As a child of God, if you're already saved, God is going to chastise you and rebuke you. He's not going to have it. If you're lost and you refuse to believe in Christ, his son, even though you know the truth and you refuse to repent of your sin because you love darkness more than you love light, to hell you will go. That's a fact. You will go to the burning hell. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe the words of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, who said the most beautiful words, the most loving words, and uh, the most important words in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in him. Pray and ask him to save your soul, and he will save you. Tonight, my dear friends, we are reading Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. My, my, my. And he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the womb of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. He turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now when God tells you to go to Nazareth, that's what you, you better do in your life. They may be called another city, but if God tells you and warns you that you don't need to stay where you are and you need to go, that's what you better do. My dear friends, that was Matthew chapter 2, verses 19 through 23. Now here is the sense of it. The Bible knowledge commentary along with the Holy Ghost of God for I have been praying all day long, I will help us. 
After Herod died, Joseph was again instructed by an angel of the Lord. Again, remember now, God is the Father of Jesus Christ, the supernatural Father of Jesus Christ, if you will. But he appointed Joseph to be the stepfather. And he's calling on Joseph to do some things that fathers and men are wired to do. To protect, to lead, guide. You don't hear the angel, anybody talking to Mary right now. Because this is a man's job. Huh? Do you hear me? All of you wives, all of you women, all of you daughters out there who think you can handle this big old world by yourself. You're asking for trouble. But some of you are so stinking proud. The husband or the father has to let you go learn it the hard way. And then you come back crying and wanting uh, help when you have already messed up or been messed over. See, don't be foolish. Do not err, my beloved sisters. So many women have run off their husbands with their Nazi feminist foolishness, wanting to control and dominate their husband. Some daughters want to control and dominate their fathers, especially the woke young people today. And want to do away with the authority of the husband and the father. But the devil is a lie. And what happens is to these wives and even daughters, they get messed over by some dog, some man, and some are so proud they're ashamed to even look in the face of their husband, the face of their father, and tell the truth. Everybody ought to abide in their calling. You wives out there, you need to thank God for your husband. And when he tells you something to try to protect you from your sin, your evil, and your foolishness, you need to listen. Same thing for you daughters. Your father's there to protect you. But if you're so proud and stubborn, uh, wife and daughters and women that you won't listen. You are removing yourself from under that protection that God has provided for you and you will suffer the consequences for it. And sometimes, particularly uh, depending on your pride level, you will be destroyed by it. So let God use the man that God has put in your life. The angel and God did not speak. And let me just say this wisely to you and advisedly. At this particular time when Jesus, the little boy, was a little boy, Jesus could have done it, but God chose to do it this way. I don't understand why God causes a man to have sex with a woman and then she has to be pregnant for nine months. It's a wonderful time for a husband who has sense. It's a wonderful time. What a playground that is for a man who has sense to 
to attend to it and deal with it. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, but nine nine months. Well, why why is that? Why is that? Why is that? And then the child has to be one month old, two months, three months, a year, and then two, a toddler, three, four. Why did why did God choose that route when He could have just you know made the baby at seven years old? I don't know. But he chose to allow Jesus to grow up like everybody else. And guess what? God was speaking to Joseph, not Mary and not to the child. Because Joseph was a man who knew how to take care of business. And he called upon that man to be the husband and the father and to protect Mary, to guide Mary, and to protect the baby Jesus. So let me tell you something, wives. Let, let your husband protect you and guide you. Stop adopting two curses, your curse and his curse, trying to handle everything. And, and let me just tell all of you women something. You're not equipped for it. I know the woke culture has told you that. I know your grandmother and them have told you that. But you're not equipped for it, baby. And what's going to happen is, you're going to say to yourself, I'm tired. And either you're going to get bitter at the man that God put over you and angry, or you're going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of trying to be the man. And you're not, if you're wise, you're not going to say, I'm going to let you be the man now. No, you're not going to say anything stupid like that. You're just going to submit to your husband. And he arrives to the occasion. You don't have to tell him anything or to your father. You're going, to, you're going to get tired. Men do not get tired in war and, 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 and protecting the family and providing for the family. Uh, is what they're wired to do. It's in them to do it. By the grace of God. So stop trying to do two jobs. Stop being woke and wake up. And be what God made you to be. Wired you to do. Equip you to do. Because it's all going to come tumbling down, baby, after a while. And you're going to need that man, husband or father, to help you pick up the pieces. The people who use you and the people who... Uh, try to use you to get back at your husband, to get back at your father because they didn't like what he preached, they're going to be gone. And the old people that you think are so wonderful, they're going to be dead. So uh, let God do his thing. And let God use the men in your life or the man in your life. And be humble enough to receive advice and help that can save you uh, a lifetime of heartache and pain and trouble. This was the third of four times an angel appeared to him in a dream. He was made aware of Herod's death and told to return to the land. Joseph obediently followed the Lord's instruction and was planning to return to the land of Israel. Perhaps to Bethlehem. 
However, a son of Herod, Archelaus, was ruling over the territories of Judea, Samaria, and Idumea. Archelaus, noted for tyranny, murder, and instability, was probably insane as a result of close family intermarriages. And this is a real thing, by the way, in royal families and some other families, too. I was preaching in a certain town in Oregon some many years ago, and I noticed a bunch of people coming in who were twisted up and deformed and in wheelchairs, just a bunch of them. And so the pastor and his wife took me out to dinner afterwards, and I, they didn't say anything, but I, I asked them, well, I'm just curious, why, why, why you have, I mean, I noticed a whole bunch of people who were twisted up and, you know, and deformed and all of that. They started, they both started nodding their heads and they said, that's because of incest, inbreeding. This is why God uh, forbade it. But that's what they told me. Out in Western Oregon. Anyway, God's warning to Joseph again in a dream was not to return to Bethlehem, but instead to move back to the northern district of Galilee, to the town of Nazareth. The ruler of this region was Antipas, another son of Herod, but he was a capable ruler. The fact that the family moved to Nazareth was once again said to be in fulfillment of prophecy. However, the words he will be called a Nazarene were not directly spoken by any Old Testament prophet, though several prophecies come close to this expression. Isaiah said the Messiah would be from Jesse's roots, like a branch. Branch in the Hebrew word Nisa, which has consonants like those in the word Nazarene, and which carry the idea of having an insignificant, an insignificant beginning. And by the way, do not... Um, disrespect insignificant beginnings in anybody. Since Matthew used the plural prophets, perhaps his idea was not based on a specific prophecy, but on the idea that appeared in a number of different prophecies concerning Messiah's despised uh, beginning. Nazareth was the town which housed the uh, Roman garrison for the northern regions of Galilee. Therefore, most Jews would not have any associations with that city. In fact, those who lived in Nazareth were thought of as compromisers who consorted with the enemy, uh, the Romans. 
Therefore, to call one a Nazarene was to use a term of contempt. So because Jesus and his family, rather, I'm sorry, because Joseph and his family settled in Nazareth, the Messiah was later despised and considered contemptible in the eyes of many in Israel throughout his life and ministry. This was Nathaniel's reaction when he heard Jesus was from Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? Has anybody ever said anything like that about you? Or you from, oh, uh -huh, you from the south. Uh-huh, okay, now I see. Oh, you're from Mississippi. Mm-hmm, okay, I know what's dealing with what you got going on. You from Alabama. Oh, yeah, I got you. You from, you from uh, Queens, uh, New York. Mm-hmm, I thought so. You know, people will say they'll 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 say something negative about you because of where you're from. If you if you're a black man going to certain towns in the South, here's what you're going to get when you go to certain when you go to certain stores. Where you from? That's gonna be the first thing. If they don't know you, don't recognize you. Where you from? They said just like that while they uh, checking you out and and bagging your stuff. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, oh, yeah, Yankee. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't say that, but that's what they're thinking about you. This concept fit several Old Testament prophecies that speak of the lonely uh, place of the Messiah. Uh, also, the term Nazarene would have reminded Jewish readers of the similar sounding word Nazarite. Jesus was more devoted to God than the Nazarites ever were. So let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for our time together around your Holy Word and with your Holy Word. And I thank you, Lord for my children helping me with the ministry. I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Bless them for doing so. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we move now to the family segment. Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, we are still in that passage Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 where the Bible speaks to the husband to love their wives so do you truly love your wife or you just say I love you or you just do little trinket things to make her think that you love her because you want something which the evangelical pastors and churches 
and even the charismatic pastors and churches have taught men to do to treat your wife like a prostitute if you buy her some flowers she'll give you some if you buy her some candy she'll give you some if you buy her some rose petals if you let her have her way if you wash her clothes and pay her rent and wash the dishes and put an apron on and fix her food oh then she'll think you're real sexy no woman thinks that way that's dumb that's stupid okay uh, she's going to be with a man who does not wash her clothes and pay her rent in a house that you don't live in and uh, wash your clothes and wash her clothes and cook for you and wash the dishes. Here you are, you working nine or ten hours a day, including drive time. She's at home and, and, you, and she gives you chores. She gives you a honey to-do list, and you think that's love. You know why you think that's love? Because some ignorant pastor told you that. Some uh, ignorant evangelical writer of a book told you that. And, you, and you, they got you, the wife and these men got you doing this stuff. So that you can at least have sex once or twice a month. No woman is turned on by that. Don't believe those lies. Okay, now, uh, is your job to change the baby? No, it's not. Is your, time, is your turn to feed the baby? No, it's not. You don't have any breasts. Hopefully, you don't have any. You say, preacher, don't you cook for your wife? Nope. Never have. Don't do it now. Never will. And 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 uh, uh, and I certainly will not because she didn't cook for me and the children. Uh, uh, I didn't let her cook for me and the children. Uh, after a while, she cooked in the early days. Uh, and when my oldest daughters uh, became of age uh, I let them do it they were more sanitary and they cooked it right and I made her wash the dishes the girls did not have to wash the dishes because they did the cooking and I trusted them better uh, once if you make something for me and my stomach rumbles and my children's stomach rumbles we have a problem Houston we have a problem no I have never done any of the work that she's supposed to do never because I do believe that men ought to do their part women ought to do their part I don't make the bed I don't clean up I don't gather up the trash I don't wash any dishes. I've never washed any dishes in my life since I've been married. Uh, none of that. And I've never cooked for my wife. I made sure my children ate. And I have 
even at 62. I have more sex than most of you young men out there. Freely. I don't pay for anything. I don't buy anything. I don't try to manipulate her. And yes, there are men who manipulate their wives just like there are women who manipulate their husbands. It's a shame before God. That's not marriage, people. And that's not love either. It's nothing but a bunch of lies. So, I mean, a man ought to be a man, a woman ought to be a woman. There ought to be a natural attraction to one another, particularly if you're married. And you really shouldn't even have to say any words and got to set up everything for once uh, every two weeks or once every month. And there are women who got their husbands on rations. The man is out there lusting his brains out. He shouldn't because he can't have sex with his wife until the third Saturday night. And that has to come after, that must come after buying rose petals, taking her out to the most expensive restaurant like the pastor. The problem is you don't have the pastor's money and getting a babysitter that costs just as much as the dinner, leaving your child with strangers. I don't care if they're in the church or not. And, and let me tell uh, the church that my children used to go to. I hope they don't go there anymore because it's a woke church. Don't be calling on my children to babysit your children, jeopardizing their lives. And jeopardizing your life, your, 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 your children's life. Because if anything happened, you're going to want to sue them. And so don't try to get my daughters to babysit for you. And some of you are single who ought to, and you ought to be home with your own children. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because they told me. Some of you women are single trying to get somebody to babysit your wild children. Risking your children's lives because my daughters don't have children. Uh when they told me that and uh, risking their lives babysit your own children and if you're married have a date night at the house or go someplace where you and your date can take the children with you and they can go over there and play or whatever and you eat your hot dog or whatever you're going to eat some men got to do everything in the world before they can have sex with their wives. These things, my brethren, are not so to be, my sister. Loving your wife does not require all of that. That's all man-made traditions from the Sadducees and the Pharisees, from the evangelical camp and the charismatic camp and the Baptist camp. You're wasting your life and wasting your time, and you should be having sex every two days, not every two weeks. That's why you're horny all the time and trying to get with somebody else on Ashley Madison. That's what's wrong with the church. You people are not doing what you know you should be doing. God told you to have sex. God made you as sexual beings to have sex. And you neglect that, then you're going to cause your spouse to sin. See? And so with that said, at this time of the night, which I know some of you are sitting up in your bed now, what?
what this man, what is this man talking about? And so let's pray for others. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for the salvation of families that don't know you as Savior. And I pray that they will take advantage of the benefit of your Holy Word. I pray for all families that do know you but don't obey your Holy Word, that they would repent and obey your Holy Word. I pray, Holy Father God, tonight, I do pray for the millions of people who are hurting for, from the coronavirus plague and so many other plagues that have come out of that as it has become a plague of long continuance. Uh, most people do not understand and know that we are very compromised and anything can uh, explode uh, into a continuous plague. So Lord, I pray that you would comfort the millions and draw them to yourself, but also comfort the individuals and draw them to yourself as we pray, Lord, for the family and friends of New Hampshire resident Doreen Brado. We pray for the family and friends of Iowa resident Ellen Koch. We pray for the family and friends of New Jersey resident Robert Schultz. And we pray, Lord, for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests Lord, you know their names here and answer their prayers and ours. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us the strength to pray for thousands of people down through the years. And we praise you and thank you, Lord, for uh, the thousands of answers to prayer. And we pray, Lord, for all of these people that they would continue to pray and help us to pray for them. We pray tonight, Lord, for Pastor Bershebe. We join him in thanking you for the service at Koros and Don Detai and for the soul saved at Sister Josephine's funeral. Please comfort her children. Please have the gospel to pierce through the enemy's secrets and make known the truth to set God's people free. Please heal Dora's knees. Please deliver Africa from drought, famine, and starvation, and help them through these trying economic times. Provide them with Bibles for new souls who have been saved, basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planting and construction, and financial resources for ministry. Please provide them with electricity, vehicle insurance, covers, etc. for the ministry office so they can keep up and do the work that you want them to do. Please bless the National Women and Youth Conference December the 7th through the 10th, 14th through the 17th. Please supply the money for school fees for the orphans. We pray for Naeem. Please send more missionaries to Pakistan to spread the gospel, build churches, schools, and Bible colleges. We pray for Tamara. Please save her soul. Deliver her from drugs, drinking, and wasting money. 
We pray, Lord, for the people who have gotten saved through the ministry. Help them all to grow in the faith and to stand in the faith. We pray for Nancy, Betutu, Ezra, Douglas, and John. We pray, Lord, for the people who have recommitted their lives to Christ. We pray for Negoshi, Handa Mivi, Jojoy, Joji, brother, Marie, Damalola, and we commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for a sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, Lord willing, we'll be uh, here tomorrow, and we may have the camel working at that time. And uh, or not, if not, we'll just go with what we got because the sound is great. And so, ladies and gentlemen, pray without ceasing. Read the Word of God along with your prayer. And do as the Marines do, or their motto, simplify. Do as the Air Force boys uh, say, super. Simplify means always faithful. Simple super means always above. Keep your heart and mind. Stay on the Lord above, and He'll keep you in perfect peace. And one of the best ways that you can keep your mind stayed on the Lord is through praying without ceasing. I guarantee you, if you're born again and if you're saved, if you pray like you're supposed to pray, God will not only answer your prayers, He will speak to you and He will direct you. So God bless you, dear friends. Until next time, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow as the music plays the second time. Mm -hmm.